sort of explore creativity. We piss people off. You know, who has access to art? An ephemeral queer space. You're just mm -hmm. like, you get this crazy idea and you're like, yeah, we can do this. <laughs> if not now, when? Hello and welcome to episode one of the Third Space Gallery podcast. I'm your host, Abigail Smith. This is a podcast highlighting our gallery's programming, members, and inspirations. And we are produced with huge support from Local 107.3 FM. We thought there'd be no better way to begin than a retrospective look at the genesis of Third Space Gallery in an interview with Third Space founders Judith Mackin and Chris Lloyd. I reached out to Judith to ask to interview her, and she said she would only participate under the condition that Chris Lloyd also be in the conversation. And it was a really fun and illuminating interview. It was just my job to get out of their way. Following that is a great conversation between myself and Emily Saab, artist and co-owner of the Uptown Shop Visitors, about her time as the first executive director of Third Space and planning and executing the first Third Shift Contemporary Art at Night Festival. So stay tuned to our social media for upcoming episodes. And thank you so much for listening. Please enjoy the show. <laughs> yeah, you're much better at storytelling, Judith, and you've got a far better memory than I do. So depending on wow. how far back we go. I had to uh... like go into the website. I had to go on and do research because I couldn't even remember like dates. We're old, man. <laughs> it's like 1997. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Oh, my God. Yeah, what was the... Yeah, Abigail, I don't even know. Do you know even, like, Abigail, you're, you're on the board of, of Third Space, but... I mean, you must know that there was a whole, like, iteration of the space galleries. There was the first one, and then the second one. We were both run by Judith, and then yeah, the third one. Well, that's what I'd love to... Um, <laughs> let's take me back to the original, the space. Um, what was what was the St. John art scene like when b just before you folks got together and, and opened the space? Do you want to go, Chris? Do you want to start? And then I'll let you go. <laughs> okay. Um, well, uh, I didn't think there was... I didn't... I mean, this might have been a bit of, like... I honestly didn't feel there was much of an art scene. It was very... But there were lots of artists, and there was lots of people doing things of different generations but there wasn't really anything that seemed to unify them uh it was the saint john art center but that was kind of wishy-washy maybe um i kind of cut my teeth doing uh art stuff and being into the into the art scene for what it was like from like wild willie's cafe <laughs> which predates <laughs> yeah. all of that by about another five or six years so um but there wasn't any like there wasn't any artist run space so it was the, the summer of 97 i had taken a studio on the third floor of the printing plus building and myself and another artist uh um well i basically found a door in the space uh, um and when we opened it we slid it open it opened up into this completely vacant uh, empty space uh, above the building adjacent to Printing Plus. I think there's lawyer offices or something in there. Mm. Uh, like on the first two floors. Um, 
And we just thought, wow, this is a great space. And so we called it space and we set up an installation. And then I went back to Nascad in the fall and Judith kept running shows out of there. Um, like all, all sorts of different exhibitions. But I think you ran for another, like you ran it out of that space for about two or three years. Yeah, so three, like... I guess it was three years, but maybe just to back up a little bit, um, just um, when you were talking about what was the art scene like, at that time, Gallery Saint-Nam had been, you know, functioning strongly for at least a decade, it, probably longer in Moncton and uh, Gallery Connection. And of course, there's a whole slew of artists from the centers in Halifax as well, and even Sackville. And um, I think basically uh, Jason Fitzpatrick, who was my partner at the time, and Chris, uh, I don't think, Chris, you haven't gone to NASCAD yet at that time, had you? No, I was in my, I had, I had done one year. I yeah. I in 96. Yeah. So, yeah, I was, so... Uh, yeah that's, that was my, like, I've been going to Halifax and going to Nascad and and being involved in the artist run right. centers there, like the Kyber and uh, Eye Level Gallery. Um, uh, and just being like in an art school environment was kind of blown away. And so that just yeah, made it, it made that kind of division of like, oh, coming back to St. John and being like, well, there's no gallery here. Like where, where do the yeah. artists hang out? Where do they, and you, you came know, where back do they show to do... You came back to do a solo show with Karina, your then partner. We all lived together oh, that summer. Yeah, yeah. And then oh, yeah, basically, oh, yeah. so I was surrounded by three people inspired deeply by, you know, Jason's work, which is very much uh, site-specific installation-based work. And then Chris was coming back with Karina with all of these ideas to do with, like, um, you know, let's, let's open up an artist friend center. And Jason's studio was right next door to where the space, the inception of the space. And so none of us really had any experience. Like we didn't, you know, back in the day, there's no social media. We had a print shop downstairs. We printed all of our invitations and stapled them onto like, you know, telephone poles. And, you know, it was a big thing if you could get like, learn how to do a press release and send it off to like Harvey McLeod, who was like, you know, CDC at that time, or, you know, getting your your shows listed in the events page in the newspaper like it was always old school mm. <laughs> but it was awesome because it was like there in the winter time there was no heat uh we you know bustons gave us that space for 50 dollars a month you know um and uh and then even when we had events like um that required uh, some sort of a fee, we would always just say to people, pay what you can, so that it was always very um, inclusive, you know, for everyone. Mm. Anyhow, yeah, so it started with the four of us, and then it was just, we just fumbled our way through and did group shows and poverty, shows on poverty with kids' uh, artwork, and then we did some collaborations with Gallery Sonam and uh, Connection, and then people just started, like, uh, applying for shows, and 
it was all just and then Chris and Karina basically fucked off back to Halifax and then it was like, <laughs> okay, I'm st- <laughs> the non-artist <laughs> in the group is left like kind of working things through. Jason was still around and then uh, eventually Jason and I parted ways and he moved to Vancouver and all of a sudden I just find myself as like a single mom who's you know working on the side doing all of this with no funding no provincial grants no Canada council basically just uh you know trying to keep this uh all afloat which uh, we did successfully and I put that in quotes I guess uh until the end of uh in the end of December in 2000 Basically, we were just holding on to try and get, you have to be in existence at that time for three years to get Canada Council uh, funding. And then there was like only room for two people, I think, in the year 2000, and we didn't make the cut. So I was like, I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> it sounds like you, yeah. you paid your, your dues, though. Like you, you served a long time. <laughs> Well, we did, but then also at that same time, um, Mark uh, Legere and Janet Scott and about five other, six other people, including Raven Blue, known at that time as Sam Palmer, we all were starting to uh, open here newspaper. We wanted to launch here newspaper, which was like the city's first alternative newspaper. Mm. So it was like I morphed out of the gallery and morphed into uh, an alternative paper. And then at that same time, I jumped ship from working at the New Brunswick Museum and decided that I was just going to call myself an entrepreneur and started working with bands and, uh, I guess, artists and just putting outdoor festivals together, et cetera, et cetera. And and basically, I would say that uh, the space fell dormant till 2004, wouldn't you say, Chris? I guess no. Yeah, you, you, yeah, you ran it until you did hear newspaper. Uh, you've got a much more impressive CV than I do. Uh, I <laughs> was loafing around Montreal, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, because I moved from Halifax to Montreal, and then you convinced me to move back uh, to St. John in 2005, um, because that's when uh, you had the Brody Building. Uh, when you oh, yeah, bought the Brody right. building. Yeah, and, so uh, that's and you, right. And you were like, oh, yeah, we have this great space. And uh, Peter was opening the wine bar. And you were like, we have this space on the second floor. You can, uh, you know, we'll turn it into, into a gallery and do, it, and do it, you know, another version of the gallery. And I was with my partner at the time, Claudine, uh, Claudine Dubert, and which she and I moved, which I moved back in 2005. I guess she came in 2005, too, a few months after I did. Um, and yeah, we kind of did some really low, low-end renovations on that space, and then I started doing shows. Uh, we did get provincial funding, like almost right off the bat. Um, mm-hmm. uh, just I don't know, like through mostly your your sheer will willpower, Judith. <laughs> well, <laughs> like we should that. be. Oh, I think I did have to write some. I did write a grant, but we had uh, we used the you know the the past history of the space and we're like we're just like gallery salon and connection and everything and we're um you know we we merit the same funding that they do um Mm -hmm. and so the province kind of came through on it and that gave us some 
kind of sustenance funding. And then I had a fair bit of experience from working at the Kyber uh, in Halifax. So I just started writing project grants and, uh, and we were, we were really quite successful for, I guess the two, two or three years that I was running third space, just doing like projects. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And yeah, I mean, that was, that was a lot of fun. And I kind of realized that, and it's actually a model that a lot of smaller spaces follow because the, the, the pool of money for operating funding um, as as uh, managed by the Canada Council is really quite limited. Um, like galleries that have been getting operating funding for years and years, decades even, um, have kind of established themselves and it's very difficult for them to lose their funding. Like they've mm. really got to fuck up pretty <laughs> massively <laughs> yeah, uh, to lose their funding. <laughs> so there's not a lot so of room really for a new for, a new player? There's There's very little room for new players. And even if they're is room um, because I mean third space we put together like you know a few really solid years of programming and in my discussions with program officers they were like you know you could get in um, but it would be really you're also getting in the really low end of the spectrum like maybe 20,000 a year or something which mm. you know when you factor everything into it artist fees rent electricity mm. uh, like you know 20 grand isn't that much and we were pulling in more than that just with project funding so um uh yeah i think i i kind of as, as i was leaving is basically i only stayed in st john for about two years and then moved back to montreal uh because my partner uh, in had gotten a job at an, uh, ironically enough an, uh, an artist run center called obero uh and uh i kept right i kept writing project grants like i kept kind of doing curatorial work with third space for about another year or two um and then i was like i just i couldn't keep doing it from a distance and Mm. then it uh i mean other people took over and it's you know it's still going today but i think one thing i kind of tried to stress when i was leaving because when i when i left the, the gallery also left the brody building and we kind of became like an itinerant gallery space and focused on on uh, performance-based projects and things that were happening like out in the streets or in parks and uh, in storefront windows and in vacant buildings and, and mm. things that i just thought was a more kind of it, it was an interesting way of activating other spaces in the city yeah I appreciate the, um, it seems like a really St. John's story, like how DIY um, the space had to be to, to survive and, and to, to make like programming. It's also kind of, this is something I kind of think about as someone doing something in St. John is that there's, while it's tough when there's no money, there's a lot of um, freedom in the do-it-yourself ethos. Do you agree with that or was it pretty, pretty rough? <laughs> Well, I think uh, for the first three years, like from 1997, I think it was June 97 till the end of December 2000, I literally, uh, it was like, it would be like going to PR school for me because I had no education. Um, You know, Chris, Chris really is more than just uh, a best friend to me. He was like the person that changed my life when it came to like understanding what art was. And, you know, back in the day, uh, you know, I would go to the Salvation Army and get like old beat up um, 
frames and you know i would give them to chris who would have you know be, you know painting and then the next morning i'd wake up and down below on my doorstep he would have put you know some paintings in there for me and he just uh chris really like changed my life in the way that i felt about art and what original art was and so with that you know that was the beginning of a beautiful friendship that's like remarkably like you know a few fist fights later 24 years later we're still the best friends but he he was the person that like yeah we got involved with jason and karina to run the space but it was like okay you guys have gone back to art school jason's gone to live a different life in vancouver but i now have like an arts community that is relying on you know an exhibit coming and so it was like it was really about understanding like okay great there's no provincial funding fine there's no federal funding fine we're going to go after corporate sponsorship and i learned really quickly how generous our city is and you know uh, paul Grannon back in the day and moosehead breweries like all you had to do was ask somebody we sponsored this event we pay this artist fee we want to have a, an art festival we sponsor that and i learned really quickly um that if, if you're not going to get money through government fuck government find it through uh people that want to support the arts and so that really um i think those three years um were instrumental in building uh sort of an itinerary so that when chris did come back in 2004 2005 and started bringing his experience of grant writing and running artist run centers, the Emily and Owens, Kyber, all of that sort of thing. We still had like this like whole three years, which is like still on Angel's Eye or somewhere on the web, like back, <laughs> back to 1997, right? And I think, uh, I think for St. John, people remembered the space as it was back then. They mourned its loss. But it, it wasn't for not. I learned, uh, you know, I basically built my own career just by doing volunteer work. I got a kick-ass, wicked art collection out of it because, you know, I did all this work uh, for artists, but there was, like, no artist fee. And people also recognized <laughs> I wasn't getting paid. And people were like, here, Alexandra Flood, have this, like, beautiful piece of artwork. Or Mitch Robertson, like, you know, so... So for me, it was a win-win for everyone. Yeah, yeah. yeah it sounds I, like the space uh, really could... developed all of your all of your own careers. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, while yeah, while sure. saying we're not just interested in having like um corporate galleries you know it was like there were some shows that we did there that were controversial uh we pissed people off all the things that art should be i guess mm -hmm. but it's true like what you were saying judith is that, that there's there's there was tons of opportunity and a willingness on the part of you know the city uh, as a whole i think i mean you mm. you were like super proactive and you uh and you maybe give me too much credit <laughs> and under underplay your own skills but you were like super like you're just a real go-getter like those street festivals you put on or you the the one on the harbor front you're just mm -hmm. like you get this crazy idea and you're like yeah we can do this <laughs> and uh, you know so there was you 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 it's true you you ask you, you just ask you just ask the questions ask uh and i i followed up on that i think a little bit with the third space when 
when we started going like out into the public more and like trying to find different places and spaces to to mm-hmm. to do shows and yeah mm-hmm. like there was rarely would be faced with like a no <laughs> like, yeah yeah i think that that's so carried there's... on i for sure in st john that's always this i moved here about five years ago and that was the sense that i got um which i think is totally born out of you folks um it's interesting to me that you had that the the space had its different iterations and then when it came to third spaces you know current ethos of of operating in unusual spaces and taking over um an, an unused warehouse or a, or a parking garage or um mm. whatever is available and and building those relationships with people in the community um i can see where that that came from if if the if the first place you were occupying was kind of like a little narnia door that you didn't you didn't expect what was going to be behind it truly i'm sure you didn't expect what was going to be behind it mm-hmm. yeah that's true that, that uh, the symbolism of that is, is is kind of pretty strong like the idea that really we literally had no idea what was behind that door and then there was nothing but uh, that that space was kind of ripe with with potential then it seems like it's uh, it hasn't run out yet i mean that space has long been turned into a condo or something or apartments but you know it's like the the opportunities that that existed there have uh, i guess have just continued do you think like um there is still kind of that uh that that scrappiness about saint john like the willingness to to do something unusual Oh well, I think. Yeah, Judith, like, I guess that's. At... That... Uh-huh. Uh huh. Sorry. I was gonna say yeah, it's more it's more your call because um yeah. Like I think you look at something like Moonlight Bazaar. Um, you know that was that was a crazy idea. Like hang a balloon and people basically get their um, fortunes told and smoking a bunch of weed. Like mm. and you know that bringing like four thousand people downtown. Well, we actually did that in 1998 when we did Off the Wall Street Festival, you know, where we had 4,000 people on motorcycles and shut the street down where, you know, Picker Rooms was just empty and, you know, people set up food booths and artist booths and, you know, Fred Ross was down there. Do you remember, Chris? Like, it was, it was crazy, but it was, it's still that same kind of, like, if you have a good idea and you can like put together like a proper electrical plan and some promotion, <laughs> people will show up, people will sponsor it. And, you know, we, we see that taking place. Like it's been going on for decades now, really. Like even going back to festival by the sea, like back in the early eighties. And then you guys look at what you've done with their chef. Like that's, phenomenal like phenomenal yeah i I think that there's something amazing about the saint john audience member like people do show up people do take a chance on something strange here i think maybe that's optimistic but i remember a couple third shifts ago overhearing a young couple talking to each other and one of them was saying I don't know what this is. It seems pretty artsy fartsy, but I also think it's cool. Yeah. 
And <laughs> I was like, that's the most, that's the best that a, a contemporary art festival can hope for is that someone stumbling into it is like, this is weird, but I like it. <laughs> yeah. And I, I sometimes fall into that category more often than I care to admit. It's like, I don't really understand anything. Like that just feels a little highbrow to me, but you know what? I don't care because like the same genre is kind of like, yeah, but we need this, whatever this is, we still need it and we're going to support it. Like I look at the programming that I did back in 1998, it, you know, it wasn't really like it is now where, you know, you've got site specific and then like, you know, it's just, I don't understand half because that's not my world anymore. You know, I don't have Chris around to interpret everything for me. <laughs> but I also recognize that it's so important to the fabric of our city and for artists and people, you know, coming here. And most importantly, hooray, they're getting artist fees, which is incredible. I'd like to ask, like, put you on the spot and ask if you have like a favorite memory or a favorite programming element or favorite project that you worked on with either the space or, or third space. Mine would have been the first show, uh, just that, uh, the beauty. And for me, it was like being born into the artist run culture and just learning, uh, through Jason and through Chris and from Karima, just that, just that idea of we're introducing something new to the city. It felt like a first for the city, and um, I, I can still remember the smell of opening up that space. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, you know, uh, I was. I think I would agree with you, Judith. I mean, there's lots of there was lots of good exhibitions that yes. you know, have fond memories for me. Um, but those first few ones were were quite special. And uh, for me, as a basically Abigail, to give you a little bit of a an insight or a, a description, a visual of that very first exhibition. Mm. Um, uh, because Jason and I um, decided that we wanted to basically exhibit the space itself. <laughs> so all we did in that was uh, we swept very, very meticulously a pathway in the dust because there was a good, I don't know, half inch of dust on the floorboards. Mm -hmm. And we swept a pathway uh, clear of the dust and then varnished the the floorboards and then i think we might have like i don't know stenciled some words on the columns that was more jason's thing mm. and uh we did the press releases like you said judith like you you were you were i think instrumental in all of that and getting invitations out and we had an opening and I just remember the there was a good crowd, um, people coming through that door, up that slight ramp, and then basically being faced <laughs> with an empty space. And I think everyone was like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> 
And Jason, I just kind of had to, and I'm not, I'm still not the greatest at public speaking, um, but we just kind of had to explain, like, what we were doing. <laughs> Jason was worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was um, like, let's just let the art speak for itself. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's like, and I think I realized then too. Also, coming from my background, which is not very art informed or anything, um, self taught before I went to NASA, and and kind of like, okay, I'm gonna have to make a little bit of a bridge here, and like just explain that this show is a like this like space or you know art can be about a different way of thinking about space and. Um, trying to describe like what an installation could be because <laughs> then mm. I don't think there had ever been one exhibited in St. John. <laughs> right. Um, right. And the willingness, like there was like some baffled looks. I remember people being really like, I don't know, but it, the willingness to make that leap, that conceptual mm. leap to be like, I want to understand this. Like I, I I want to know, and that really set the tone. I think for uh, a kind of an inquisitive nature that that people in St. John really have, especially, and also something I haven't mentioned here is just like a, there's a really profound love of the city for mm. um, people like yourself and people that are, you know, making a life there, and 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 you've contributed so much to the change of the city, like the culture and just this idea that you know what, if we, you know, we can do anything there. Yeah. And I think that willingness kind of has helped Third Space kind of like slog along and 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 be this little nook. <laughs> um, because there's been like some really great development. It's it's a, it's a great city, um, and that city is made up of its people. So it's it's you know a willingness to be cooperative and to and to be uh, and to share and to be open to open to things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I also think, too, like, it should be noted that there were already, like, really established artists that were living in the city, like Fred Ross, Paul Matheson, Suzanne Hill. You mentioned Carol Taylor, the late Pat Schell. I mean, these were all yeah. senior artists, right, that were, yeah, they were just, like, so willing to, like, come volunteer and, you know, show up at openings and help get the work. Out. Like it wasn't just like the Chris Carmina, Jason, uh, Judith show. It was like a whole slew of artists that came together, and then it became it became like the artist-run center. Like it's hard to describe it, but it's like if you build it, they will come, and it just happened to be like this empty warehouse with no heat but it mm. just became like this place where everybody just felt comfortable and brought their kids and there was like uh n you know emerging artists meets, uh established artists so mm -hmm. yeah. yeah you really it was like shining a light on what was maybe there but didn't have um, a venue 
that was kind of it. It didn't really have, there wasn't a space. And I think that's why we kind of stuck with the mm-hmm. name uh, space. It was just, it was like a, it was like a mental space, a conceptual space, as well as a physical space. I feel like we just said everything that needed to be said in the last five minutes. You should just cut everything else yeah. prior to you that, guys, Abigail. You guys are amazing. <laughs> like, I was, I'm like, this is soundbite after soundbite for promoing this podcast. <laughs> well, thank you so much for chatting with me today and sharing. Like, I, I really appreciate the work that you two have done and are continue to do. And, um, Thank you for everything. Hi there. Uh, My name is Emily Sav, and I'm the former executive director of Third Space and festival coordinator of Third Shift. I am now co-owner and co-coordinator of Visitors uh, Shop and Gallery in St. John, New Brunswick. Thanks so much for talking to me today, Emily. Thanks for having me. I um, I had chatted with um, Judith and Chris of Third Space um, Invention fame. <laughs> yeah. And I was really excited to chat with you a little bit about um, about being the first um, executive director of Third Space and the inception of Third Shift. Um, take me back, I guess, to to when did Third Shift start? We're in our seventh year now? Yeah, okay. So I will take you all the way back <laughs> to, uh, um, so it would have been probably late 2014, um, early 2015, um, I was volunteering on the board of directors as chair for Third Space. So at that time, it was all volunteer run and had been for a number of years le- leading up to that as well. And um, a couple, you know, the previous year, we, myself and members of the board and various committees um, had just discussed the idea of bringing something uh, similar to Nocturne or Um, art in the open, some kind of nighttime art festival experience to St. John and, you know, making it happen through third space to us made a lot of sense as uh, a gallery without a gallery space. So um, that's really how it started um, over a board meeting turned into some meetings, you know, various meetings over pints (laughs) and, uh, you know, just really started thinking about how we could make it happen so yeah it was all sort of volunteer initiated event to begin with and that first year um you did the you did have the street shut down is that right the first year yes so we shut down green and lane and Canterbury Street. Sorry, sometimes the years blend together a little bit. So I'm trying to now just remember like what what exactly happened the first year, what we managed to accomplish with what really wasn't a lot of time. <laughs> I'm looking back on it now, um, from the inception of the idea to making the event happen. Um, I I think it was about you know six months, um, maybe a little less. Wow. Uh, between <laughs> I mean, like we should do this. Um, and then 
we should also just invite artists from all over the world to come. (laughs) It was was quite a, yeah, quite a whirlwind experience and in terms of shutting down the streets and getting permissions to occupy uh, vacant lots and things that was owned by the city. We had a few folks on the board who had connections with the city or worked with them. So they definitely pulled some strings and there's also a lot of, um, asking for forgiveness after the fact. Um, <laughs> and, uh, all in all, I would say, yeah, it, it, it uh, it happened and it was wonderful. Yeah, I'm curious about like those uh, those chats over over pints and um, that kind of whirlwind planning experience. Like, what was the, what did you feel, or what do you feel now is the impact of having a festival like this in Saint John? Because I know that it's modeled after things like Nocturne or Nuit Blanche, but I'm I feel like the the Saint John context is makes it so much makes it makes it so different. Yeah, I think really the experience of of organizing it and and making it come to fruition with like a group of people who also hadn't not to speak for everyone but hadn't done something like that before like or seen it happen um in saint john in as many years as i've lived here so i know there's been events um and arts festivals and things that have happened that certainly um were inspiring in saint john like previously through third space and um, but I think it was really a moment for us, um, and the arts community and public and all the wonderful businesses who sponsored us, even though they really didn't know what we were going to do. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think it was a moment of just realizing that it could happen here and we could make it ours and no matter what happened, it would be, you know, belong to St. John because it happened here and, and yeah, so I rambled a bit. I'm not no, even sure I answered your question. No, totally. That's I think that's like that sentiment that it belongs to St. John is what's so different ab- about it or what feels so um, – I'm obviously biased because I've worked for yeah. Egypt, <laughs> but I am, uh, I am a fa- I'm also a fan. Um, but I think that it belonging to St. John is the difference, like uh, the fact that it is a free event, that it's, you know, historically a dry one um, – you know, maybe not a hundred percent accessible, but but outdoors, um, mm-hmm. and like, you know, I think that that is the that is something that's really unique to Third Shift is that it always seemed like, and it seemed like from the start, um, you were trying to bring contemporary art to people that maybe hadn't seen it before. Yeah, absolutely, and also thinking a lot about like the folks who make art and creative work in St. John and just the different ways that we do it um, where maybe we don't have like the biggest, um, you know, ephemeral or contemporary art scene all the time. Um, Not really completely, you know, knowing exactly what that means. Like when you're comparing yourself to other bigger cities, Um, but knowing that we have like folks who are musicians, folks who are visual artists, um, like who do performance and theater and realizing that this was an event and under the umbrella of contemporary art, we can all come together and, and uh, make our work visible to the public. And that's, was really, really fun. Um, yeah. Meeting folks from other disciplines and like 
streams of creativeness in the city where like we hadn't really crossed paths before even though we're all we're all working our butts off to do what we do um we got to do it together which i'm i love that that has continued throughout the years um the third shift yeah oh that's such a that's such a perfect point that like kind of people in different um different like fields or practices are kind of siloed and and third shift really does put um unlikely make unlikely pairings physically because sometimes yeah one thing right next to each other but uh yeah I uh, yeah that's so funny um I always love the idea of like trying to learn from people that are in a sector or or practice that are is is different from my own because I feel like a lot of collaboration happens there oh yeah absolutely so much learning and like as an arts organizer um collaborating with people who um like organized professionally for years like in different ways or know how to navigate like city bureaucracy and things like that was a beautiful collaboration I don't think it could have happened without it yeah so yeah Mm -hmm. there's something unique to St. John about like I think I I feel like people can get away with more here do you think that's true (laughs) yeah (laughs) I think so um it feels that way anyway especially um when you think about like precedent and um, there was a lot of trust that that came out of uh, third shift, and like a trust that amongst you know business owners, the city, the public, third space, um, that was really important that we like maintained and and uh, also like I'm sure pushed to the limit <laughs> sometimes. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no, you're right. I think. I wonder, like, do you since third shift has like evolved, and as you as you've seen it uh, evolve, and sometimes literally, like, I know that third space and third shift it's really important to put art in unusual spaces and reimagine spaces, um, and some of those places now are like are totally different. Like the landscape of Saint John is changing really quickly over the last seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, so places where we places where weird art was or where people would like have cigarettes while <laughs> out at the bar and are now businesses <laughs> and just the yeah. landscape changing in St. John. How do you think that, uh, what is third shifts role in like a, in a urban environment that's getting uh, a lot of development? Yeah, that's, it's interesting. Like it was already felt like it was changing really fast like when we started. And so now looking back, like you're right, you know, some of the spaces where some of the bigger biggest projects took place um, were essentially like pre-construction sites and like um, parking lots, like you said, that have since become bars and apartments and condos. And um, and I think like continuing to, you know, um, make connections with the people who have taken over those spaces and you know, build their businesses and making sure that we stay in communication and continue to collaborate. I think that's really important um, to make sure that, you know, we see that art can happen in, yes, it can happen in a vacant lot, but it can also happen in like your establishment and just thinking about, um, yeah, being open to new ideas and just the ethos of that as we take it into, like, as St. John becomes more of is just developing and growing um if that makes sense that's yeah that's something i think that uh the third space and third shift um that's a role that we we play 
Yeah, absolutely. Especially like connecting it to like the to the beginning of like kind of asking businesses to to trust what you're doing. I mean, at this yeah. point, I feel like it's kind of now I'm just philosophizing. <laughs> I feel like it's yeah. No, I love it. <laughs> I feel like it's like the 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 role of third space is to like remind remind people that like this you know the city is their home and and to give people the opportunity to like I don't know I think that that's what always struck me about third shift even even last year with um with the element of the street being shut down taken out of it for COVID restrictions Mm -hmm. like you get this sense of like I you know you feel kind of like you're in your living room all of a sudden like the city feels really homey and weird and kind of like you're dreaming because there's weird stuff everywhere but yeah um reminding people that the city that like the streets and like you know tin can beach and places like that belong to them and and reminding Mm -hmm. uh, businesses that that's that's valuable yeah absolutely and really it's all about sharing the space and really questioning ownership and privilege and you know who has access to art and to you know parts of the landscape that are being cut off like whether it be tin can like you know, public access beaches or parks or, you know, um, pedestrian-friendly streets, like things like that. Yeah, just always questioning and, you know, when you don't feel like it's a space for you, just asking why and maybe challenging a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. That's, uh, I think that's like a big contribution that Third Shift has made to to people's mindset. And, mm-hmm. and it's nice to, it's nice to be surprised. Like I think that that is a thing that I I noticed a lot walking around with people that weren't uh, weren't aware of the festival and then like kind of happens around them, like oh my gosh yeah that was definitely one of the highlights yeah it's <laughs> like we knew what was happening and we were in a state of like surreal shock as it was happening um, and we planned it so I can only imagine like what it would have been like to come upon it and even though like you said we're going to the seventh year. Um, many people still come upon it and it's something that is bringing more and more people into the fold and yeah it's it's a moment of surprise and excitement um and just yeah a moment where you realize like the landscape that you're used to seeing constantly can be changed and affected and they yeah I don't know. I'm also philosophizing. <laughs> I'm not sure where where to go with it, but yeah, I really like the surprise element. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have like a like a any a, like a favorite third shift memory or moment or project? I have um a moment that sticks out when I think of that kind of element of surprise and transformation. Um and uh, I guess a few, but one of them that I really liked was a project that Systema did, and they were their Systema is a um, like a program that teaches string instruments, like and uh, other instruments to the school age children. Um, and so Systema had proposed a project where their instructors would set up um, sort of like in the form of an orchestra at the intersection of Grenon Lane and Canterbury Street and that the public would have an opportunity. Anyone could come in and have a chance to conduct the orchestra. And I remember kind of being in the phase where 
you running around making sure everything like projectors are working and um, everyone has what they need like water snacks <laughs> all these things um and just coming out upon the street and even though in my mind i had visualized like what this might be like um i think just the crowd that had gathered and in the fact that that people were participating like children were participating as conductors and adults and and everyone was just having a really fun and magical time um really struck me and it was one of the first projects that I felt like I I experienced um, as a viewer instead of um, as an organizer. And it can feel quite different, I think, as you probably know. Mm. <laughs> um, it's hard to sometimes be really present. And, um, yeah, I have lots of, lots of memories like that. And another one that comes to mind, um, Stephanie Tierney was our first employee. Um, and... And just this moment of you know, still like as the festival's starting, running around making sure everything's you know working, and seeing Stephanie like coming upon Stephanie out on Canterbury Street with her clipboard, <laughs> and just like <laughs> we just like realize that like the festival's running, and there's people there, and we just had a really like wonderful moment of just seeing it all unfold. That's so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we all had clipboards, so yeah, it's hard to look casual, but we had a moment to relax. <laughs> oh, I I love that um I that's so I that's super relatable like that moment where yeah. you you stop like going over everything with a fine comb and and you zoom yeah. out and you realize the full effect of it. That's um Yeah. That's a pretty impactful moment as an organizer. Totally. Well, thank you yeah. so much for chatting with me today. This is awesome. I uh, I really appreciate your work with um, Third Space and Third Shift and visitors and uh, everything that you do. <laughs> oh, thanks. I appreciate your work. And I love seeing um, yeah, the trajectory of Third Space and Third Shift. And I think it's really fun. You're talking to folks who've been involved in different iterations and incarnations of the organization because it really has, you know, evolved and grown in a lot of different ways. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like this is like um, an unintentional archiving uh, project. <laughs> yeah, it's so important. And and uh, I can't wait to listen to the interviews. Thanks, Th Abby. Thank you so much. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Third Space Gallery podcast. This podcast is hosted and produced by me, Abigail Smith with invaluable support from St. John's only campus and community radio station, Local 107.3 FM. Our logo is by Judd Crandall of Pulp and Paper Design, and our theme song is Norwood Falls by Wangled Teb. Thank you to the Third Space Gallery Board of Directors and our Executive Director, Kathleen Buckley. For more information about the gallery and our ongoing programming, head to thirdspacegallery.ca. Thanks for listening.